interest in with Nerdette's newsstand, and we absolutely have to talk about the Suicide Squad, but I'm going to give you a full warning. Spoilers. I am not great when it comes to spoiler reviews. I just don't know how to do them. So, it's a new movie. It just came out yesterday on HBO Max and in cinemas. I know it's been out for about a week overseas, but even so, massive spoiler warning. Click away. Come back after you've seen it because we have some stuff to talk about. I've already watched it twice. I'm going to assume you're gone if you don't want spoilers. And oh my God, I really do like this movie. It is action from the word go. And it does a great job of setting up massive over-the-top gore action scenes. Stuff you wouldn't expect from DC, but maybe James Gunn. I think he has a lot to do with why this was so good. Over-the-top. And when I mean over the top, or when I say over the top, I mean over the top gore in the best way possible. I actually think it worked out really well. It's the Suicide Squad, the original movie, which I didn't hate. I've um, been very clear to say it wasn't my favorite, but there were some really great Harley Quinn scenes and there was some stuff I enjoyed. And that was taken away from David Ayer that I think wasn't his fault necessarily. So. It wasn't a Suicide Squad movie, though. It was, but it also was very weird. This was a Suicide Squad movie. It was very much so trial by fire originality. And I absolutely love it. Now, I do have two rather big issues that I want to talk about, but I want to talk about the good first. Now, we go into this and all of the promotional posters we've seen have a bunch of characters. Now, of course, if you've read any Suicide Squad, you know they're not going to last, right? I actually did not expect to see a couple of them die that do. And it was um, rather sad to see ones that survived the first one actually go. So we start out with Savant, Captain Boomerang, Mongrel, Javelin, Harley Quinn, Rick Flagg, Ratcatcher 2, Peacemaker, Polka Dot Man, The Detachable Kid, Weasel, Blackguard, Waller, and of course the supporting staff. Now Weasel is the first to go, but actually not, right? And we get to see something that I thought was really cool was a little bit of, it's not a linear story, right? So we see some of the action, then we see, you know, three days before, we see some actions we see eight minutes earlier. Stuff like that was really good. Another thing that I thought they did that was really good and very comic book-esque was the title screens. Like when we see Savant die, says Warner Brothers Presents, or we see Operation Harley, stuff like that. It reminds me of each book you read because in the beginning of each book you read, there's usually some sort of title, right? So if it's Trial by Fire, Trial by Fire Part 1, Part 2. We see that on a normal basis. And I thought they did a good job of making it feel very much so like it had chapters like a comic book. I really, really like that. Another thing I really liked was like the in-office hijinks. Um, basically all being done behind Amanda Waller's back, which is kind of weird because normally something like that wouldn't happen. But I do think it shows the normal side of things. I think, you know, making bets on who's going to live, you're you're desensitized when you work in an environment like that. And seeing that kind of keep their spirits up, I really did like that. Another thing I liked was a couple little Easter eggs that I that I um, noticed. 
really kind of right in the first act of this. We saw Calendar Man, which was James Gunn's brother. Very thin fellow. Usually when I think of Calendar Man, I think of a bigger guy, but that could be the Arkham games in me. And then we've seen Kaleidoscope. You know, leave it to James Gunn to pick somebody from the golden age to put in the background and hope people notice. And also Double Down, which is a newer character. But even so, I love it. I absolutely love that they put those characters. It's Blackgate. It would have a, a, a slew of Batman rogues. And just seeing that was that extra touch that you kind of need, right? So one big thing about this that I really think was awesome is that opening action sequence. We see Blackguard. We see him sell everybody out and then it just goes. But in that section, even seeing somebody like uh, the detachable kid, which is arm fall off boy, but even so die, I didn't care. I didn't care. I wasn't attached to those characters yet, but seeing Boomerang die that early, I was like, are you? No, <laughs> like, no, already. Oh my God. And then Ma Mongrel being an idiot and jumping on it and not causing his death was absolutely like, these are people that were thrown in Bel Reeve. These are people that, you know, aren't fit to be army sergeant. These are people that are criminals by nature. Now we know some of them are fit to be leadership. We see by the end with, uh, with the boy, but even so, these are people that would, fool and be idiots and be funny and the fact that they didn't even check if weasel could swim shows how incompetent that team was and by the end one of my issues i think um i think they should all be fired but we'll have to wait and see um i did really enjoy the scene with blood sport as a father I think it shows another thing, you know, just another incompetency. Having him and, and Tyla, his daughter, yell back and forth, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Like, it, it's great. And then when we see him come around, or her, Tyla, come around by the end, it really is nice to see her go, that's my dad. That's my dad. And start tearing up and realize what a good person he actually was. But it also shows you how deep and how terrible and evil Waller can be. She will use a 16-year-old girl to get what she wants done. And we've seen Waller throughout the years do absolutely terrible things. So this actually doesn't, you know, doesn't bother me. I think it's pretty vindicative of the character. One thing I also really liked was the alpha versus alpha nature. And what I mean by that is we see Peacemaker at arms with Bloodsport, who, by the way, is way better than any of his previous comic versions. Bloodsport was never a great character in my eyes. So seeing him made into one, James Gunn made two characters that were always a little bit of a joke, that were always not that great by Bloodsport and uh, Polka Dot Man. He made them great characters. And they haven't been done that. They haven't done that in the comics at all. So I really did appreciate that. But seeing that alpha versus alpha nature... We see it initially when they're introduced to each other. Then they're kind of going over, you know, the best weapons and da 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 da. And then we see it again when they end up at the Freedom Fighters. And we're going to talk about that scene. 
when they end up at their camp and end up killing, you know, the good guys. But there's always that alpha versus alpha nature. And I think it was really good to show both sides of that. Now, there was one person, one person that stole the show. And believe it or not, it wasn't Harley Quinn. Ratcatcher 2, and her name's Cleo Caza. Fantastic. I knew in the trailer that I was going to like her. I knew she had something about her. But seeing her in action with, you know, Sebastian, of course, you cannot fit, forget Sebastian. He's so cute. Funny thing is, is when I was a little girl, I always had a bunch of, uh, my dad would have like these snakes when I saw my dad very rarely. And then I would have, I had a <laughs> pet rat that would follow me around and not obviously be able to wave, but was very similar in nature, would sleep by my head. His name was Dude. Because my favorite time, my favorite song at the time was Dude Looks Like a Lady. But it's funny to see them use that character. And actually, you know, they go on when they're in Corto Maltese. They go on and talk about her father, Ratcatcher One, right? And it really shows that from a perspective of a daughter and a father relationship. It's a good relationship. They show the good and the bad. They show that blood sport, you know, maybe his parents had a little bit more money and weren't junkies, but they were terrible parents. But her, her dad had some demons, but she knew, she knew that she was loved. And I think that was really important to show. So when they go to Corto Matisse, um, and stop just for people <laughs> that are um, huh, making these movies. Stop using stuff from The Dark Knight Returns. Like The Dark Knight Returns is so overrated. They could have used Korok or anything. But no, they use Cortel Maltese and that's fine. But um, we see Javelin and he dies during that beginning scene. And Harley ends up getting Javelin and she doesn't know what it's for, but she carries it throughout. And I think that's really cool. She gets captured um, and we get to see another dynamic that I really enjoyed, which was Ratcatcher and King Shark. Like who would have thought that would work as a friendship? But it absolutely did. King Shark was an awesome character. He was definitely dumbed down very much so from his com uh, comic book counterpart. But it worked for the story. Actually worked great. I love I was laughing so much when he was talking about wearing a disguise and he was just going to wear <laughs> wear a, a fake mustache. Like, he was such a good character. But Ratcatcher showing him that, you know, he could have friends. We don't eat friends. Friends are not num-nums. Friends are friends. And I really liked their dynamic. And she looked at him and she goes, if I die because I gambled on love, it will be a worthy death. And I thought that was very fitting for this movie. So... Let's talk about that killing of the freedom fighter scene. Um, I do know that we saw the girl and I can't even remember her name offhand. I'm sorry. Um, actually go and make a deal with the devil, basically making a deal with the Americans. And one thing I want to say before I get too much into this scene is I noticed a lot of hypocrisy out there. Hey, we've gotten in the past few months. Oh, my God. Loki's woke. Oh, my God, Black Widow's woke. Oh, my God, these things, He-Man's woke. But this had much more political commentary. This was much more, 
you know, it, during that part, we see her say, oh, just typical Americans come in guns blazing. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's true. But there was a lot more political commentary within this than there was within any of those shows. And it's being, you know, oh, my God, it's a good movie. Just just be consistent, at least, or admit that you're a hypocrite. Either way, let's continue. Um, during that scene, I, I thought it was played for laugh. There was a lot of over the top gore being played and, and then some, of course, full frontal nudity. Oh, my God, it was a hard R. But um, when she made that deal, I really wish just for her character development, we could have seen her like just turn around and shoot one of the people from the Suicide Squad because they had just just brutally murdered and it wasn't really talked about too much. It seemed a little silly to me that it wasn't talked about much. Right. So after that, we basically go to um, learn a little bit about Project Starfish. Right. And Yonenheim and what is being done there. And we see that Harley is made into a beautiful, beautiful princess. A little degrading, but I like this scene. Um, it is weird to me that, you know, the whole big deal of birds of prey was about, you know, women empowerment, right? You are a strong woman. But during this scene, we see Harley become a princess. Had she said no, she would have been murdered. So it puts her in a weird predicament that they don't really talk about. But I love the scene. It's beautiful. It's um, she ends up shooting him because she hears the red flags about him killing kids. Right. That's that. That's a pretty big red flag, Harley. But during that part, we see Harley skipping around. It felt very vindicative of Harley. There was a bird scene that's very vindicative of the comic books. And it was just beautifully done. I really, really liked that whole thing. Then we get to learn about Polka Dot Man. And he's a little bit different than quite a bit different in, in the comics. Right. In the comics, he had his polka dots on his suit. He could pull them off. You know, maybe one would become a sharp um, razor and he would throw it or one he could ride on. And sometimes he even went by Mr. Polka Dot. But in this one, his mother wanted, you know, the, the children that she had to be superheroes so badly that she, you know, worked at Star Labs and gave them all these things, trying to make them superheroes, things that were alien technology. Well, for him, it ended up being a virus. And I really like that origin change. I actually think it works better. He has to expel the viruses, a.k.a. throw up the prettiest throw up ever twice a day or it eats him alive. And and he's got serious mommy issues and he sees his mommy everywhere, everywhere to the point where at the end and we see Bloodsport yell at, at Polka Dot Man. That's your mom. And he starts throwing polka dots at the starfish. Right. So I found it very funny. Um, we also see Ratcatcher's origin change. Her great dad. Great dad. I think it was Tahiti Wakiti or however you say his name. And Bloodsport's father was a piece of shit. Like, but Sebastian knows, you know, animals and kids can usually read people pretty well. And I thought it was cool that they used that concept. That Sebastian knows blood sport is good. Blood sport's heart is in it and has no fear of him, even though blood sport had a huge fear of rats because his father put him, you know, for 24 hours for doing something wrong, put him in a box with hungry, hungry rats. What? What the fuck? So anyways, 
they get to the bar and they meet we meet the thinker right and i think the thinker was played off just maliciously evil in a good way because there was no line there I think with making these characters over the top evil, you had to because the Suicide Squad are already inmates. They're already some of them are antiheroes, whether it's Harley, some of them are straight up villains. So you had to go a level deeper with evilness and it worked with the thinker and well, obviously Starro the Conqueror. So I liked that they went that deep, even though there was one scene. Yeah, I, I didn't care for. So I loved Harley's escape also after she shoots the president. Um, I giggled. I watched it twice. I giggled both times when Harley goes (laughs) 69. Like, it's so silly. It's so dumb. It's the base, you know, bottom humor that works so well with Harley Quinn, right? So during that scene, we get to see kind of from Harley's perspective of what's going on as she's getting out and murdering everyone. But instead of over the top glory, sometimes we see some flowers or some birds or some beauty. We're seeing Harley's side of it. And I like that they gave us that. And when they all go to uh, Mjolnheim, there's a beautiful shot. And absolutely love that they use the rain to their advantage. Even if angels were splooging all over them, it was beautiful. Whether it's, you know, when King Shark rips the man right in half. And that was right in the trailer. Beautiful. They used, they did a good job of using that to their advantage. And there's some really downright beautiful shots. One shot that kind of like grossed me out is after Harley had killed uh, the president, they put his body in with the birds and they burn all of it alive. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Ew. So the prisoner reveal we need to talk about. And it's that moment where you realize how evil the thinker is. He has all these test subjects, all these people that were kind of uh, political rivals, journalists, people that they didn't like. They would send them there and they would test on them. The difference is in the comic books, you can take off one of Starro's small version of himself. And this, you cannot. It kills you. It also is very much hinted at that Thinker, and this was one of my biggest problem, that Thinker raped one of the prisoners. The prisoner says, you know, he took advantage of me and he just kind of shrugs it off like it's a joke. That's my, that's a, that's gross. So anyways, we see a, quite a bit of the experiments, but um, we see also the reveal that they were not sent there to protect the world from alien technology they were actually sent there to cover up their part in it. This was America's fault. This was America's astronauts that brought Starro back from space, but used Jotunheim to have the testing app because they're, you know, a little squeamish around half-dead people. But we also get uh, Peacemaker versus Rick Flagg. And we need to talk a little bit about this scene because by the end, I don't know how you're going to do a peacemaker show. How? How can you do a peacemaker show when he is completely irredeemable? Um, I really like that shot around the helmet and where we see um, the glass puncture Rick Flagg's heart. The shots are good, but he killed Rick Flagg and Rick Flagg is an amazing character. I did not expect to lose just like Boomerang. But then he takes it a step further and this is all done 
in the name of protecting America's secrets, right? He takes it a step further, and I could have dealt with that. But once he went after, you know, Ratcatcher, that's the point where that was that's the final straw. She was the best part of this movie. Now he didn't kill her. Bloodsport actually saves Ratcatcher. But that's where you made him irredeemable. Even though he does come up post-credit scene, he is alive. Peacemaker is. But that's where you made him. So I have no interest in him anymore. Why you went that far is beyond me. So we see Starro break free. Um, we see King Shark, adorable, having these dumb new friends. And there's another scene that I want to briefly touch on, and it's the Milton scene. And basically, Milton had been with them the whole time. And we see that Polka Dot Man is upset that Milton died and nobody else really cares. And I think that's a shame. I think it shows what a good person Polka Dot Man was, but also shows that you gotta, you know, it makes normal people feel useless. And I think, you know, by playing it off for laughs, you're kind of making them feel useless in, in, in a way. And I don't think you want that in your movie, especially when he was an integral part of the team. He helped them out quite a bit. So we see Starro escape. Ratcatcher realizes that you have to cover her face. Um, and, and then they reanimate. I like how they talk in unison. But then once the mission is over, they need to leave the city. And Waller doesn't want them to help. And of course, they they initially say, OK, but they turn around. And that's when Waller almost kills uh, Bloodsport. But instead of doing so, one of the other ladies there knocks him out. Now, this lady, we actually don't see it in the end credit scene. So I'm hoping they do some sort of one liner where they just say Waller killed her. Because if you knock Waller out in any uh, version I've ever seen, you're dead. I'm actually surprised that Blonde and, and the bigger guy still in the movie like, I'm actually surprised that she didn't murder him. I think in the comics, it would have been a little bit different, but because they're good actors, they're they're staying around. But it didn't feel very Waller to me to not have them brutally murdered. So we see the um, Suicide Squad versus Starro, right? And I love the end, the end scene for Mr. Polkadot where he's like, I'm a superhero and he's dead, right? So he did his part and he felt great about it. And I think his character got a lot of redemption and a lot of, even though he was silly and he was fun and he was awesome. I really like that. So I loved another part. Now I mentioned earlier how Ratcatcher was saved from Peacemaker by Bloodsport. Well, we flipped the script a little bit. Ratcatcher brings all the rats around and of course he has this terrible fear, fear of it. She puts her arm over him. And this time, she had just saved him. So we get to see them both save each other. Um, and, and I love, I think it's uh, Tahiti Wakiti. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Why he says rats, right? Because um, if they, they're, they're the most disgusting, you know, hated creatures. And if they have purpose, so do we all. I really like that. And I was bawling my eyes. Only Okay, not bawling. I, I, I actually didn't cry near as much in this movie than I do in most. So I like how finally we get the reveal that Javelin is using, um, is what Harley needs to use to basically kill Starro. And it really wor works. Um, and she ends up doing so. But there was one moment when we see um, Starro say, I was floating around in space among the stars. You're supposed to feel a little bit bad for him. But I kind of call BS on that 
because he could have just opened the hatch after he had taken over the Americans and left. I'm sure it was more like curiosity killed the cats, but it just shows kind of that conquest that America never stops at, right? So oh, we definitely see survivors, Harley, Bloodsport, King Shark, and Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher should have been the one to get her own show. Now, end credit scene, we see Peacemaker, you know, um, actually live. But as they're leaving, we get to see Sebastian, the cutest ever, on Bloodsport's leg. And he kind of overcomes that fear. And I really liked how they, you know, had that progress for him. We do, before the post credit scene, get to see Weasel wake up. So I wonder if they'll do something with that. But I don't know because... It's all CGI and it's pretty expensive. I enjoyed this a lot. Like, I want to keep talking about it, but I know how long this is getting already. I loved Harley. I loved Ratcatcher. I think they made characters that weren't good in the comics good in the movie. I think that James Gunn did a fantastic job. I think it's damn near the second, second to third best DCEU movie ever. And I think that they need to keep James Wan, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, James Gunn on DC. He needs to be their Kevin Feige. So let's hope they don't get rid of him. Anyways, let me know, of course, what you guys think about this. I'll probably be either talking about doing Daring Stream or maybe do an individual video on some more character in-depth analysis that's, that's truly very interesting and maybe some on the political commentary too. So... Let me know, of course, what you guys think. I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.